too many times in life we become discouraged. Either we have facts or or feelings or situations or people that, that really make life difficult. And sometimes we can just really feel down. And so today we're going to talk about how to deal with discouragement. Welcome to the God's Best for Your Life podcast with Greg and Sharon Fletcher. Well, hey everybody, it's Greg and Sharon, and today we're going to talk about how to deal with discouragement. You know, there's so many things going on. If you if you pay attention to the media, or or so or, or social media, or the news, or or any of the facts that are going on out there, there's a lot of things that can be quite discouraging. And we want to talk about a good way to deal with discouragement that'll really kind of leave you in a good place. That's true. I mean, and it doesn't necessarily have to be news related. Sometimes we're having struggles in our family or struggles in our health that has nothing to do with what's going on in the world, but we're personally struggling and continued struggling like that can, can lead to discouragement in our hearts. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, the major facets that people deal with when it comes to uh, their lives, obviously is their, their family relationships, their finances, right? Finances can be a big deal. And, or lack uh, of finances yeah. is a big deal. <laughs> yes. I have negative balance, right? <laughs> That's a problem. Um, same thing with your health. You can kind of say it's the same thing. I mean, when you are when you have negative health consequences going on, it's very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also like your you know your job or, or, or maybe uh, the thing that you want to, you're trying to invest in and you're having trouble you know, pouring it, those things all can lead to really large amounts of discouragement. So today we're going to kind of talk about the process of, of how to deal with this as a believer and, and what's available to us. So the first step that we want to talk about is submission, right? So the, you have to accept the fact that you don't have all the answers and that you can't figure it out. You know, you need God to show up in your life. This is a very important step, and I don't want to go past it too quickly because I've met a lot of people in life, and, and I've done this myself too many times where I'm, I'm, I figure I need to solve the problem, right? And so I'll sit there and I'll think about it, and I'll chew on it. And, and uh, like a cow chews its cud, I'll sit there and chew on that problem trying to find the edge. It's like a, if you ever tried to peel a sticker off of something, you're sitting there and you're just kind of picking at it and picking at it and picking at it. Yeah, hoping, hoping that you can yeah, get it started. Hoping you can get it, get it started and, you know, and, and hopefully it won't tear in the middle, right? And then you got to, <laughs> oh, I got to, anyway, I digress. But the point being is, is that we, we come at this as though it's up to us to, to solve the problem, right? And, and the more we think about it or the more we talk about it, right? We go, we'll call our friends and, and kind of say, hey, I've got this thing and uh, I'm dealing with. And, you know, sometimes we just really want somebody to come alongside us and say, oh, poor baby, right? You know, we'll get a little pity party going because uh, that feels good on the flesh, right? You know, the, the flesh likes it when, you know, people come alongside and tell you, oh, you poor thing, you're totally justified in your pain. You know, but I will tell you right now that that is not the first step. (laughs) Well, that's certainly not going to be successful. No. If you actually want to get rid of the problem or the situation. So the first step is submitting, right? To submitting to the idea that you don't have the answers. You can't control the problem. You can't solve it. And so a couple of scriptures that really kind of point this out is let's go to, let's go to the, the infamous Proverbs chapter three, five and six, right? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. That is the the, the, the quintessential uh, scripture that, that really helps key that point out because it's talking about you ain't got it. You don't, you don't have what it takes, right? You're not smart enough to no. figure out your entire life. But God is, right? Another scripture that comes to, to, to mind that really, I think, kind of caps it is 1 Corinthians 2.5. And it says, uh, So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And I really like that because it's kind of like a one-two punch of saying, you don't got it, but God does, and it's powerful, right? And that's that's something Sharon and I believe in to our core, is that God is powerful, and he wants to show up. And so that first step is submitting, right? It's just submitting to God, saying, God, I ain't got it. I need your help. And I want to mention something, too. Um when you're putting your faith in your own understanding, um, instead of in the power of God, you're 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 standing on you know rocky ground or, or sandy ground. Mm-hmm. You know Jesus talked about the parable of the house built on the sand, and when the rains came, it fell flat, fell down flat because yeah. it didn't have a firm foundation. But when you decide to instead of of trusting in your own understanding and in your own wisdom and your own ability to figure things out. And you move your faith onto I don't I don't have this, but God does. Then you're choosing to build on that firm foundation, and that act of submission is very uncomfortable to start with. Oh, I know. Yeah. It it doesn't. It's not an easy thing. It's it's very. It's contrary to what your flesh wants to do. Well, it's contrary to what we're told to do too by our our friends and family. Sure. And, yeah. Sure, that's true. And the world, you know, this uh-huh. is how you pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm-hmm. and yeah. blah blah blah. But trusting in God produces the best fruit. Yes. It produces the most stability. And uh, and that's not to say that you don't take care of the things that you can take care of. But there comes a point when you go, you know, I don't know what to do. That's when you go, okay, Lord, you do. And so I'm going to trust you. I'm going to find out what you say in your word. And I'm going to submit to you. And so what does that submission look like in, in an example? I know that there's been several times in my life where I've had to come to the end of me you know you know so like and there's been times where God's kind of let me string it out too right you mean like if I was uh really trying to figure a problem out and he would let me kind of run around the tree a lot uh <laughs> dog chasing uh-huh. his tail <laughs> and uh until I finally ran out of gas and then reached out to him right granted that is one technique that God uses on us especially if we're being a little bit uh, stubborn or stiff-necked right mm-hmm. and then uh, the the other the other time that I've seen it is that God will he'll either use a situation to remind me that I need him and uh, and and it'll be much more subtle right but he'll just keep doing it and keep doing it Can you give me an example? keep doing it um, I would say like one of the, one of the things that God has impressed upon me my whole, time walking with Jesus that is that I need to prioritize spending time with him uh, preferably in the morning right and that I need to you know be in the scripture I need to be reading I need to be praying you know that kind of fundamental things like he really wants me to stick the fundamentals because life gets complicated you know we've got four children and uh, a grandchild and you know and I work and We've got our ministry, and we've got other things that God is doing, and, and plus, then we actually have to live, you know, 
pay the bills, go to go to the store, you know, laundry, get your car to the shop, <laughs> clean the kitchen, you know, all those things, right? And so life can come along and get busy, and it's easy to start compromising on that. And then what God will do in his infinite kindness and grace is that he will continue to have a, a particular uh, chapter of the scripture will keep showing up somewhere in my life. At John 15, it's just been one that has, from the, from the beginning, been uh, instrumental in my life. And it never fails that I, if I've, if I've chosen poorly and decided to put off one of those things, he'll have that thing show up somewhere in my life. Yeah. And and it's just a subtle little, Hey man, don't forget, I love you and you need this. You (laughs) You need me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's cause he is kind. Right. And and we're going to get a little more into a little bit of that, but that's so, so, um, uh, I have another question with that. Did it take you a long time before you figured out that's what was going on? Or did you just, was it just like the hidden Mickeys? That <laughs> I would say yes, right? So uh, I, I've i I've had to learn how to listen. Sure. I've had to learn how to pay attention, right? And he is, I think God kind of gets a kick out of it. You know, it's like the, yeah, the hidden Mickeys at, at Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. And um and so I choose to look at those as like little smiles and little like prods and, you know, like, like when we give our kids little one second hugs, you know, you just grab them and they go, and you're just like, you know. <laughs> he just does that with it because he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to, to, he wants to interact with us, you know? So, um, so the second step, first step was submission, right? The second step is to get your eyes off of the problem. And refocus on God. Now you go, well, that sounds really, of course, you know, we're supposed to do that all the time. But it's amazing how hard that is, uh, especially when your flesh is going, but it hurts or it's, it, I want it to stop, you know, especially if you've been hurt, right? If you've been hurt by something. Well, physical pain too. Yeah, physical like if pain. You, if this is a health issue. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's like constantly talking to you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, you know, I, I, I know that uh, I had shoulder surgery last year and I've had to really work on my shoulders to get them strong again. And every every day, 30 times a day, it reminds me that I'm not there yet, you Mm -hmm. know? And so you can't ignore it, Mm -hmm. but the, it, it, you have to turn away from it and you have to get refocused on God because as we learned in step one, God wants to be that resource for us. And so you can't receive from a source if you're not focused on that source. You know, it'd be like if you were uh, going to the fridge, if you've got one of those little water distributors on the front of the fridge, little water fountain things. Uh, if, if you just kind of closed your eyes and put your cup out there, you I've might you might hit it. You might not. I don't I don't ever hit it. <laughs> and then there's water all over the kitchen floor, right? So because I'm not focused. Exactly, you're not focused. So the step two is to get your eyes off the problem and refocus on God. So the few things that we're going to talk about, some of the facets uh, of who God is and the situation, it, you're going to want to focus on. So let's start the let's start with the first one is God is faithful. So we start meditating on the idea that God is faithful. Now that if you've been in religious circles any amount of time, that is a uh, that is a statement you'll hear a lot, right? And so, but it's amazing, it turns to wallpaper if you don't if you don't have your right mindset on. It'll turn to wallpaper and you'll forget that it actually means something. 
if we think about what faithful means, you know, we think about that it means God will always do what he says he'll do, and he'll show up, those kinds of things. So if we look here in Scripture under 2 Timothy 2.13, this one's a very interesting thing to think about when it comes to God is faithful. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So there's a lot of times where we're afraid that if we don't live the Christian life right, or if we make mistakes, we make mistakes that God's going to turn away from us. Mm-hmm. Well, here is your good news. Second Timothy two thirteen. Again, if we are faithless, in other words, if we forget, he remains faithful. He stays who he is. He cannot deny himself. That last part is really super cool. So I'll take just a little sidebar on this one. It basically means that God cannot be uncool. He cannot be anything other than himself. So if he's perfect without sin, he cannot be unfaithful. He got his love. Yeah. And so that's something that's foreign to us because we're born into this world and we're only surrounded by imperfect people. We don't know what it's like to be around someone who is perfect. And when I mean perfect, I mean lacking nothing. They don't lose their patience. They don't get angry. They don't they don't say ugly things. They don't they they don't they're not selfish. They don't steal. They don't do it. God God's character is perfect. And his the perfection in his character prevents him from being faithless. Are, are turning away from us. Mm-hmm. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, we're now acceptable and holy before him. If we've made Jesus our Lord, we're, we're acceptable and holy before him. Now, God, there's nothing that separates us from him. And so you, you, you count that along with that he is always going to be faithful. Man, that just makes it so easy to, to turn to him and remember that he is faithful. And so if you meditate that he is faithful, it will change you. It will change. Uh, it'll take a lot of the anxiety away, and it'll motivate you to keep pushing forward into what he wants for you. It's mm, good. So the second facet of things you want to really kind of meditate on is God's promises are true for you. So when we say God's promises, there are lots of, of things, statements, facts, uh, stories in, in Scripture that uh, are not just uh, cutesy little sayings, but they are God saying, this is a truth, right? And I always kind of think about them as kind of rocks, kind of big rocks that we can cling to in the middle of a storm. And so, like, like if I tell you that the sky is blue, it's a fact, and we all recognize that because we can all see that the sky is blue, right? So God's Word is full of those kinds of statements, you know? And so uh, if we look in the Scripture, it says 2 Corinthians one twenty. it says, For as many are the promises of God, in Him they are yes. Therefore, also through Him... and our, is our amen to the glory of God through us. In other words, it's all the promises are yes and amen to you. So if, if there's a promise, if there's a scripture that you find in, 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 the, in the word 
uh, as long as we read it in context and understand what it is saying, you can count towards that one, and you can go to God and say, hey, look, you've got this promise here, and and I, and I, I would love to take part in that. And I think we also need to consider that um, the Old Testament and the New Testament were both, I mean, for lack of a better word, legal documents. Mm-hmm. So whenever you've gotten a mortgage for your home or you bought some property or bought a car or anything like that that has to do with uh, some some legal forms that you sign, there's two parts. You know, like if you take a loan out for college or whatever, there's the part that the bank pays and there's a the part that you pay, that you, part that you have to play. You know, so each one of these um, promises that that are mentioned in the Bible, whether it was to the to the Israelites or to um, the believers in the New Testament or whatever they are, those are promises that God makes to us, and there are, are usually contingent contingencies. Like if you do this, then I'll do this. If you do this, then I'll do this. I mean, it can be positive or negative. Um, and a great example of that is Deuteronomy 28. So if you're curious about some examples, that's that's a really good one. It's full of promises that God made to yeah. the Israelites as they were going into the promised land and his commitment to them and what he wanted to provide for them. But there was also a part that they had to play. Well, what the scripture right here, 2 Corinthians one twenty, is telling us is that because of Jesus, we get the, all the promises um, all, all of the, the blessings that come through the promises without having the, the contingencies mm-hmm. because Jesus himself was our behavior. His actions and his life counts as our life. Yes. So Jesus completely qualified for all the promises to belong to him. So when it says, for as many as are the promises of God in him, the him there is Jesus. Yeah. So it says, in Jesus, they're yes. So basically what, what God did was he showed us in the Old Testament, here's what I want to do for you. Here's what I want to give you because I love you, because I am faithful. And But here's what it takes to earn those things. And nobody could do it. No. Nobody qualified for it under the Old Covenant. And so, you know, Paul says, well, because no one could qualify, there needed to be a new one. So Jesus came and became the Old Covenant for us and became the fulfillment of it so that all the promises then could be yes because God was waiting to be able to bless people like he bless, He wants to, mm-hmm. but he couldn't because of sin, because they couldn't live up to their part of it. So then the second half of that scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians one twenty says, Therefore also through him is our amen, which means so be it, to the glory of God through us. So he said, okay, so Jesus did our part. So the so this is basically a new covenant, which is, this is the new covenant. He's saying Jesus performed our part, but we still have a part to play. We have to say amen. And what that means in, in the Greek is so be it, mm-hmm. or I agree, or that counts for me. I receive what Jesus did as my, as my payment. And, and it says to the glory of God through us. So he's glorified. He is. When, when the promises are fulfilled. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's glorified because what, what we're doing when we receive his promises fully is we're reflecting to the world his character yeah. his faithfulness we're showing them this is who god is and the salvation of the world yes you know that's part of it yes well i'm just talking about that this salvation from our problems mm-hmm. salvation from mm. from from the from what we're dealing with right from the discouragement right not yes. only not only do we get to go to heaven but he he, he helps bring heaven here now isn't that funny discouragement comes when we lose courage and hope yes in the promises of God. That's right. That's when that. That's where that comes from. So knowing what God's promises are, 
is a very vital part to being able to receive those things. So go, go check it out for sure. So just to recap, we're going to get our eyes off our problems and then we're going to start meditating on that God is faithful and that his promises are true for us, right? Mm -hmm. So the next facet of things that we want to meditate on is if God will do it for anyone, if he'll, you know, like if you look in a promise and he's how he did it for someone, that he'll do it for you. Because there's a lot of times people have uh, bought into the idea that these the scriptures are not for us, right? Or they're written they're written for us is what it is really what it is. But since it was they're about they somebody else, someone else. Mm-hmm, it, that we don't qualify, right? Mm-hmm. They're not for us, which is a lie, right? So Romans two eleven says, but there is no partiality with God. And so what that's talking about is that God doesn't he's not a respecter of persons, right? He doesn't he doesn't differentiate we're all his children and because of jesus we're, we're we all qualify for for the goodness that he wants to pour out on us a good way to, to think about that is that all the promises are not a reflection of the people that receive the promises the promises are a reflection of what god's will is mm-hmm. of what god's character is, and what he wants and what he wants mm-hmm. and he's that same person to everyone yeah and he doesn't change remember he, right the bible says he changes not that's right so whenever we see what his promises and his heart were for the israelites we don't look at it at it specifically and go well that was just to the israelites so that doesn't apply to me no i want you to look at what he's showing you is this is who god is God's heart is for people to be blessed. God's heart is for people to have more than enough to meet all of their needs. To be healthy. To be healthy, mm-hmm. to be to be wise, to be um, successful, yeah, to, to be, to be influ- prosperous. To be influential in the land. Yes, and mm-hmm. to, to, to make an impact for the world, yeah. uh, for Jesus Christ. That yeah. That's God's will for us. And when you receive that that's a reflection of his character, and you realize his character doesn't change... Then it's a little easier to believe that if God would do it for them, why wouldn't he do it for you? He's the same. Again, so we're back to the truth of the promises. We're back to that that understanding that the promises of God are for you. And this one, the first promise that we're really kind of entertaining here is that God is not partial. He will do it for you. He will do it for your for your children. He will do it for your friends. He will do it for your parents. It's like gravity. Yeah. It holds everybody. It's everybody, <laughs> right? So the next facet is that God loves you, right? You cannot really embrace or receive um, the the full fullness of what God wants to do with you without first understanding and really enveloping the idea that God loves you. He loves you as you are. Obviously, if you're if you've made Jesus your Lord, it's taking care of any sin debt that you had anything that separated you from him. And if you haven't, man, do I encourage you to do it. It's uh, the best thing you'll ever do in life. But understanding how much God loves you really makes a uh, really makes a big difference. So the, you know, John 3:16, which everybody knows, but it's a good idea to read it, says that he that that he died for us and that because because of his great love that you know Jesus Jesus died and that now we can we can come into fellowship with him you know for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever believe unto him should ha- would not perish but have eternal life right and that's God's promise right that's his that's his hey all you got to do this is your ticket yeah, right? if you're on this planet, you qualify. Yeah, this is how you, you, <laughs> this is how you get in, right? God so loved the world. Yeah, that that that's you. Yeah, 
And then you you the verse right after that, John three seventeen is 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 important as well because it's talking about that that God it tells you his motive. It tells you why, right? It tells you that God didn't he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. Right? Too many people get hung up on the idea that God's the mean kid up in heaven with the magnifying glass, just trying to, to come along and, and and ruin our day and judge us and 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 you know be the the cosmic killjoy and all that. That is not who He is. Mm-mm. He loves us. He wants to know and and He wants us to know Him. And he wants to know us. He wants fellowship, just like you would with your own children. He wants that, and so. Understanding how much God loves you, really, it really, I would say it really kind of makes the whole thing uh, happen a whole lot faster. It makes it a lot easier to trust someone that you believe loves you. Yeah. So, again, since we started that we're talking about discouragement, there will be, there will be, like Sharon was talking about before, there is a, there is some, God's going to do his part, but then there's sometimes he has some instructions for us, right? Sometimes he has some things for us to do to, that, and to work with him because sometimes he needs us uh, to be looking out for something or he needs us to perform a certain action uh, in concert with him, you know, kind of like that. Not that it earns his favor, not that it earns his help, but it's uh, a lot of times he wants to work with us in those kinds of ways. So if we look at First Peter five six through ten, this is this is going to be a long one, but it's got a lot in it, and we really want to really want to kind of tear this one apart. It says, therefore, humble yourselves. See, there we are. Your your submission, right? Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences you suffer are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now that is a promise. I mean, there you go. He says he will do it, and he's telling you the recipe, right? If you see the very first part of that again is that that submission to God, what we were talking about earlier, right? And and it's also talking about under the mighty hand of God. So that's acknowledging that he's able. Yep. Yep. There you go. And then notice he, in the middle there, he starts talking about that, you know, there is an enemy out there gunning for you, but he's telling you to resist him. So too many times people feel like they can't resist the enemy. Too many times they, they, they give the enemy a little too much credit. For, for his power and what he can do. God's telling you that all you have to do is resist. So, Sharon, maybe you could help explain what resistance looks like. Well, for me personally, uh, if I feel like an attack in my body or an attack in my mind or uh, attack in my home, I remember 
who I am in Christ. I remember the authority that was given to me um, because of Jesus. And then I address what I sense, what, what I, the, either, the, either the circumstances or the feelings that I'm feeling, um, pains or sicknesses or, um, or financial situations, I'll verbally say, uh, I'll address it like, no, I'm not sick. I'm not damaged. I'm not um, without, without finances because God is my provider. You know, he meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. And I come against that and I speak to those things and say, a devil, in Jesus' name, you leave, your, you leave me alone. You leave this home alone. I command you in Jesus' name. I resist you and um, you have to leave. So for, for those people who've maybe never done that before, um, it may sound a little bit uh, fanatical, a little bit crazy, right? What what helps people kind of get over that? Well, uh, Jesus did it. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus did it. The Bible. He rebuked the devil. He he gave he gave the ability to his seventy disciples that went out and cast out the devil. You know, from wherever they were they were dealing with. We, I mean, he talked about. Um, that the devil prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, but resist him firm in your faith. So resistance is an action. It is, it, it, so, and honestly, you really can't do it without saying something because how do you, I mean, you're just leaning forward. I mean, <laughs> the devil's outside of you. He's not in you yeah. <laughs> unless you're possessed. So you have to use your mouth and you have to tell him, no, this is not what belongs to you. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why what we say is so vitally important. You know, and it's it's more powerful if we have scripture, like I was talking about, that God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. That's how Jesus responded to the devil in the desert when he was first brought yeah, out. It is written. Yeah, it is written. So that's how we respond to the devil in, in like kind. Yeah. Jesus was setting the example for us. He was yeah. also, he was doing a deeper work uh, for taking back what was stolen. But for the most part, he was setting the example for yeah. how we should live. Yeah. And God put it in the Bible on purpose for us to read and to learn from. Yeah. Now you can certainly choose not to do it if you don't want to, if you're more concerned about how you feel, but you're not going to get good results if you don't do it God's way. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. Yeah. And then the last part in that section was, uh, just basically saying it's going to happen, Right. Is that that you're you're to know that that suffering happens, but God is going to be faithful, and that He is in His in His timing, He's going to perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That is a promise, and so we need to remember to be patient as He works, and we know, and we can keep our mind focused on that that He is working in us and through us. So. Knowing that God is working and knowing that our responsibility is to submit to him and to trust him. Um, and going back to, to step two at the beginning where you said, get your eyes off the problem and refocus on God. I know a lot of times growing up or in just, uh, you know, just adult circles, we kind of look at worry or self-care as a way to express love for a, someone like, or, or responsibility. Like, well, I can't just let it go because I'm in charge and that would be irresponsible. So how would you address that? Well, I, I think we, we still go back to the very first thing we said at the beginning of this of this episode is that we need to understand we don't have the answers. We, you know, you cannot, it's it, the Bible says, do not put confidence in your own ability, in your own thoughts, in your own uh, reasoning. 
don't do that. Humble yourselves, right? Submit to God. So really, it's kind of a pride thing. It, it, it can be. Um, but also the, the idea that, I mean, I'm not saying that you should just, you know, watch television and, you know, expect God to pay your bills. But I still don't have a job. How yeah. come God didn't give me mm-hmm. a job? <laughs> yeah. But, but the point being is it's more of an internal countenance, right? It's, it's your attitude. It's, it's your, if you're sitting around chewing on something, you're worrying. And when you do that, you open the door for the enemy into your life. And you have not cast your anxiety on him. That's right. So you're, you're in disobedience to the word. And if you're going, if you're in disobedience to the word, then you're going to choke the blessings and the grace of God in your life. It's going and to happen. I think that's an important clarification. If you're not submitted to God, when you turn to to resist the devil, he's not going to flee. That's true. Because the only reason that the enemy um, flees is because we're submitted to God. Uh, it's kind of like being deputized. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Sharon and I have talked about this. It's kind of like getting, being deputized, like you would a sheriff would deputize. Uh, a deputy and give them the authority to, you know, pull people over and arrest people. It's the same way with God is that when you submit to him and his way of doing things, you know, uh, then you become deputized. The power of God rests on you and the enemy will pay attention. I mean, if you think about the centurion that Jesus talked to, Mm -hmm. he said that you have great faith. But it was because he said, no, you don't even have to come to my house. I, I'm, I'm a man under authority, and I understand, yeah. and I have people under me. I, I get authority. And, yeah. and he, so he understood that Jesus had the authority, and all Jesus had to do was say something, and it would be done. And I love what Jesus' response was. I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. And I was like, man, I wanted him to say that about me. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh man, what a compliment. Yeah. You know. But but the centurion understood that authority and he knew that if he was submitting to Jesus that all Jesus had to do was say the word and it was done. Yes. And it's the same thing for us yes. because we're deputized and we have his Jesus's authority here on this earth. Yep. If we when we're submitted to him, we can speak out and it's done. And Greg and I just got back from a uh two and a half week uh trip and we 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 administered to, to different different people along the way and we saw God heal people yeah, yeah. I mean uh, verified by the physicians and everything because um, we were choosing to walk in peace we were choosing yeah. to walk in submission to what God wanted to do then you know what you what and God it, wants and you to do and it was a sometimes multi times a day commitment oh sure to do so you know the, the enemy never uh, he never uh, gives up on the on trying to get you out of that place. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But then that helps you be patient as you're waiting and watching God work. You know, you're, yeah. you're just sitting there waiting. And, you know, I encourage you, you know, Philippians 1, uh, 6 says that, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it unto the day of Christ Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you that God will finish what he starts. He will. He promises right there. So now suddenly, if, if let's say your situation uh, isn't over, right, or maybe God started but it's not done, you can hold on to that. You can hold on to Philippians 1.6, and you can put that in your prayer life. You know, Sharon and I love to, to, to put Scripture into what we pray because it, it aligns you with what God, uh, God says that he will do. So you would, you would turn that around and say, God, I just thank you, and I'm confident that you're, you're going to finish what you began because, because yeah. you're faithful, God. And I think that 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 that's included um, with parents regarding their children. 
you know, God starts something with them as they're as their young child starts that relationship, but sometimes things can get in the way and you can forget that God is still working. God is still faithful to them. God will turn these things around. Your job then becomes to not to worry, to trust the Lord, to confess God's word over the situation and let him do it in his timing and his way. And, and steadfastly hold on to that fact as your, as the truth. Yeah. And then the last thing that I wanted to kind of point out is that sometimes when God works, he, he does some pretty amazing things and he will or can put you in a situation where you're like, whoa, and not in a bad way. Maybe it's in an overwhelming way. I know that I've had that in my life where suddenly I went from a situation that was a great deficit to one of blessing that I could not contain. And and I was overwhelmed. And uh, I felt really insecure about it. And and uh, I went from, again, went from great deficit to where I was like, whoa, I don't know if I can do this. And and where, where suddenly it, it was, <laughs> he overcompensated for my problem. You know? <laughs> I just wanted a little bit, God. You, you gave me a ton, right? And, and... And I dealt with a lot of insecurity about that. Suddenly, I, I felt like I was like, "Can I do this?" I, I, I did. I felt I was. I suddenly I, I went from being anxious about a problem to being anxious about the solution. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and and I came across a great scripture that has really ministered to me. And so much I wrote it. I wrote it down on, on my on my whiteboard. It says uh, it's Romans fourteen four, and. And Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus really kind of helped to drive this into me. It says, "Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand." And that was God coming along, going, "Don't you worry about it. I'll help you. I'm not going to turn away from you." Again, we're back to God is faithful, you know. <clears throat> and so, you know, a lot of these things stretch the mind. A lot of these things stretch our emotions. Uh, the concepts that we are talking about here are deep and wide, and they 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 really do uh, stress the 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 understanding. But I I want to encourage you that it's not that hard, and it's not that difficult. But it is specific, right? And you can do it. And God wants to be that strength for you. He wants to show you how mighty he is. You know, he asks us in James to be strong in the strength of the Lord and his might, right? And so I just want to encourage you that that whatever you're going through, God's got the answer and he wants to take care of you all the way through it. And he wants to make you larger and stronger on the other side of it so that you can give him glory and you can show people how awesome Jesus is. Well, I hope this episode was encouraging for you and it teaches you how to deal with discouragement. If you know someone that uh, is going through a hard time, forward this podcast to them, you know, minister to them 
in this. Encourage them to get in the word and to remember that God is faithful and that his promises are true and that they can do it and that he's going to be there for them, that he will make them stand. You know, share this podcast with them. Uh, it would also be a huge blessing to Sharon and I if you would uh, rate or leave a review on this podcast. That, that would really help us to reach more people uh, with the hope that God really wants to give them the best for their life. And uh, if you're uh, interested, we also have a, a website, gods-best.com, where we have uh, lots of blogs and uh, freebie a lot of re- resources, resources and, and stuff like that that would be a benefit to, to you or a benefit to someone you know. And um, uh, feel free to reach out to us on social media. We are very active out there on the, on the interwebs. And uh, so, but we just want to encourage you and just let you know that you can have God's best for your life. And we're here to help.